0: Welcome to the Church 214 Podcast. We're glad that you've joined us today. We hope that you enjoy today's message. And if you'd like to find out more about our church, please visit our website at church214.org. All right, why don't you stand on your feet. I want you to reach across the aisle. I want you to take the hand of the person next to you. So you're going to have to, now you're actually going to have to move. Look at that. Awesome. Take the hand of the person next to you. There we go. All right, let's let's pray before we get this party started. Jesus, this is uh, so significant. we don't realize how much we need the hand that we're holding. God, would you show us today who your church really is? That it's not about us, but it's about the mosaic that points to you. God, we pray what Jesus prayed to you. We pray for unity. That's what this represents. Unity, we need each other so, so much, even in the conflict, especially in the conflict. We need each other. We need iron to sharpen iron, and we can't do that unless we're together, unless we're holding hands in unity, because it's not about us. It's about one name, your name. So, God, now we declare right now that we continue to fight for unity in this church and the church like you commanded us to do, that we fight for love, that we fight for one name, your name, the most powerful name there ever has been, ever will be. And We just ask for your spirit to flow in this place today. Flow through these hearts, through these hands. We don't wanna walk out of this place the same way we walked in. We must be changed. We've gotta be changed today. If not, then this is just a country club. God, would you wreck our hearts today? Would you reveal yourself more to us today than we knew of you this morning? May you become closer. You you already are, but we're just not opening our eyes wide enough. Breathe on us, breath of God. We receive what you're going to say. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, Amen. amen. All right, now you can take your seats. So we're in this series uh, called Mosaic, and Ryan kicked it off last week with an incredible message. If you didn't hear it, I'd encourage you to, to check it out on the podcast. But a mosaic is this picture, this big picture made out of tiny pieces. It's exactly what we were just doing. You can't see the big picture, though, unless it's together, unless it's unified. And I came here to tell you today that you are the one piece. You're the one piece that makes up this big picture called the church, called the mosaic, and we need you. The person you're holding hands with needs you, and you need them. About a year ago, I was on a date with my wife in Peoria Heights, maybe a year and a half, and uh, we're sitting in this restaurant at, at, the, at the bar, actually, which is not significant at all, just that it, that it is significant because it's, I'm marked by this moment. And we'd been talking for maybe an hour or so, having a great conversation, great, great date night. And uh, at one point, you know, the, the whole restaurant's full of people. At one point, my wife gets up to go to the restroom. And, you know, normally at that point in time, we, well, we, we all pick up our phones or, you know, check our texts, do whatever. But for that, whatever reason, my eyes were just unveiled a little more that day. And I started looking around the room at all these different people, had no idea what their names were, didn't recognize anybody in that place. But I kept, kept, get, kept catching a glimpse of their eyes and their face. Like this man over there sitting at the bar, looking at his eyes and his face, and the the woman over there in the back. And it just, in that moment, it crushed me. Because the eyes that I saw looking back at me, the face that I saw looking back at me, were the eyes of Jesus. It was the face of Jesus. And I had this moment where God just revealed, he, he, he pulled the curtain back for me so that I could truly see people as they are, as they should be. You realize that everyone sitting next to you, everyone you come in contact with, they look like Jesus. Like, okay, we know this up here, right? Yeah? But we don't know it in here, do we, very often. Because if we actually treated people like they look like Jesus... Like they were an image bearer of the most high God. I'm not saying they don't always act like Jesus, okay? Get get me? But if we treated people like they carry around the spirit of God, some of them might not know it yet. If we treated people when we looked in their eyes, the people that we work with, like the face of Jesus, the people we bump into every day at the grocery store, the, the, the people that cut us off in traffic. Are you get what I'm saying? If we actually treated people as they really were and pulled the Jesus out of them, it would change everything. And that day sitting at that restaurant, it broke me. Because I saw people for what they really looked like. I saw people from just a glimpse of what the Father sees when he looks at them. What the Father sees when he looks at you. We sang that song earlier. I just don't know that we believe it much. That's why we have to keep singing it. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I'm a child of God. You know why we have to keep singing it and repeating it? It's because we don't fully embrace it. If we truly viewed ourselves as a son or a daughter of the king, we would be able to see others for who they truly are as well, right? And I'll never forget that moment at the restaurant. And I'll, man, I'm not perfect. I'm just like you. I get upset when people cut me off in traffic. I don't treat people the way I should treat them. But that moment has marked me to help me in my process of how to interact with people, how to unify people, how to love people the way the Father loves, the way Jesus loves and died and cared about you. Once you look at your neighbor and tell him, You look like Jesus. Look him in the eyes. All right, turn to your other neighbor, the one you didn't turn to first. Tell him I still love you. You look like Jesus too. Sorry, you were my second choice. See, the reason I think that we're commanded to sharpen each other, to live in harmony with each other is because it's so difficult, isn't it? it's because things in us need to change. Man, we can be so right on Facebook. Just go to Facebook, ask any question. Everybody's right. You need the person sitting next to you. You need the person in your life that rubs you the wrong way. You need that person right now that you can't stand. Think about that for a while. You need them because there's a piece of Jesus in them that no one else has. It's estimated that there's somewhere, and this is a wide range, but somewhere between um, 80 and 107 billion people that have ever lived on the planet, all right? Every single one of them, has a unique angle, facet of Jesus. There's no two the same. No two that are the same. And once we can start appreciating the fact that someone else's, and hear me when I say this, the way they rub us the wrong way is probably something that we need to be sharpened in our life. I'm not saying that they're always right. I know people have done terrible, hurtful things to people in this room. I'm not saying that's right. What I'm saying is the only person you can control, the only heart you can control is yours. And if we live from a posture of love and of unity, man, of a soft heart, of a heart that can change, that should change. Because, you know, here's the thing. Jesus is always inviting you into an experience with him. It's not a head thing. It's a heart thing. He wants you to experience him. And part of the way you're experiencing him is through other people, is through the mosaic that's all around you, the image bearers that are all around you. And you and I, as people that are, have been awakened to this fact, that have received Jesus, we have a responsibility to call out people that don't know him yet, And call them out as image bearers. Call out the Jesus in them. Call out the unique characteristics that only they have. The gifts that only they can bring to this big picture. Back on uh, December 11th, and I know this just because I wrote it down in my journal, the Holy Spirit spoke this sentence to me. And I didn't know exactly what it was for at that time, but I do now, and he said this, I don't waste dirt, I don't waste dirt, and I've been pondering that and thinking about that and, and wrestling with that for a while now, and it's true. So you and I are dirt. We talked about it a couple weeks ago, we're just, when you break it all down, we're created from the dust of the earth, right? That's all we are until two things make you different from the dirt that's outside that the rain is falling on right now, two things. You were formed and sculpted by a master craftsman. And then he breathed his spirit into the dirt, into you and me. And that makes you different from any other creation. Any other creature makes you unique. I don't waste dirt. He doesn't waste dirt. Last week, my, my family was uh, privileged to take a vacation in Maui for about a week and a half. And it's the second time we've been there. And it's, if you haven't been there, it's just a special place. It's this Garden of Eden, um, unlike any other place in the world, and I've been to a lot of places middle of nowhere, middle of the Pacific Ocean. There's one thing that, there's a lot of things in Maui that stand out to me, but there's one thing that I just, I'm fascinated by. And it it essentially takes up probably, I'm guessing here, maybe a third of the island, really, overall. And it's it's Mount Haleakala. It's about 10,000 foot mountain. And the first time we went four years ago, we went to the, got up at three in the morning, went and saw the sunrise on the top of that summit, which was, a breathtaking, unbelievable experience, one I'll never forget. In fact, it was so powerful, we decided not to do it this time because we didn't want to ruin the first experience, the first memory. I think that's it's funny, but it's actually significant. Your memories are powerful. But you can't avoid this mountain on the island. It's just there. It's, it starts in, in the west, and it's the thing that fascinated me about it this time is it just I tried to find a picture, but there was none that I could find that would do it justice. It's just so big. And it starts in the west, and it just rises. And you watch this thing. Wherever you are on the island, or most of the place, you can see this thing just rise and, rise and rise and rise and rise and rise. It just dominates half of the island. From the other side, too, it just rises, like this slow rise, and I think part of it is because I love the mountains, I grew up near the mountains, but when there's other mountains clustered together, you don't notice the elevation rise as much. You have this one big mountain on one island, and you're like, that is just ginormous, and it's huge, and it's just a bunch of rock and dirt, but it's magnificent, and it's pointing to one name. And so I spent a lot of time looking at Mount Haleakala this last week. He doesn't waste dirt. He doesn't waste dirt. There's a lot of dirt that's not on that mountain, but there's a lot of dirt that is a part of that mountain. It's it's absolutely monstrous. See, a mountain is is simply a lot of pieces of dirt that are smashed together. A lot of pieces of rock that are smashed together. It's actually a picture of what you and I are. A lot of pieces of dirt that are smashed together. It's the church. A lot of pieces of dirt that he doesn't waste that are smashed together, crushed together for a purpose crushed together for a purpose. Dirt that is elevating and pointing to one name. Dirt that's not about itself, but dirt that's crushed and mashed and pressed together for a purpose. See, you were designed to be a part of the mosaic. You were designed to be part of this mountain of God. And we're driving around the mountain on the, on the road to Hana one day. And right before we got into the, the jungle type area, I'm looking again at this, this huge mountain as I'm driving, just kind of like doing this. And, uh, I heard God say these three sentences to me. It's from his word. He said this, he said, press down, shaken together, running over, press down, shaken together, running over. That's that's the whole message right there, okay? You are pressed down, shaken together, but he runs over you with his spirit. Only if you are pressed down, shaken together in unity, then he gives the running over. Those, those three sentences come from Luke chapter 6.38, which says this. We always teach this. I say we as the church has always taught this in a giving sense, more of a monetary sense is is how we usually interpret this passage. But it's really not just talking about money. It's talking about giving. Money is just like a byproduct of giving. Giving is what Jesus did. Complete and total sacrifice. Complete and total crushing. Hello? Hello? He, he gave everything. And then he said, come follow me. And he says, now you give everything. You get crushed. So Luke six thirty eight says this. It says, give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured out into your lap. For with the measure that you use, with the measure that you give of yourself, with the sacrifice that you give your life for, it will be measured back to you. That's huge. To the extent that you're willing to go to your cross and die every single moment, every single day, sacrifice yourself, give of yourself, pour yourself out to the person that you're holding hands with, then it'll be measured back to you. That's unity. Unity. That's pressed down, shaken together, running over. See, giving is messy. Sacrifice is messy. It's bloody. It's brutal. It's ugly. And sometimes, a lot of times, in this family, this church, this this axe church, it's bloody and it's Brutal, but it's beautiful. Because giving and sacrificing everything is beautiful. And how this, the extent to which you will sacrifice, the extent to which you will give and pour out yourself is the extent to which it will be measured back upon you. So let's just give everything, right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, let's just get completely crushed, right? That's, that's what he's asking for. This is why in Revelation, he, 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 he writes the letter to, to the church and says, I can't stand the lukewarmness. I want complete crushing. I want complete dominance. Because it's only when you're a slave of me, it's only when you're chained to Jesus that you're going to be completely free. And you need me, and I need you. See, one of the biggest lies of the enemy is isolation. Right? Think about it. It's what he tried to do in the garden. It's what he did in the garden. He isolated Adam and Eve from the presence of their father. He lied to them. He's the father of lies. And we have to call him out for that. We have to remind him of who he is. That's actually his punishment for us to step on his head now. That's why he's still allowed to roam around. It's because you have been given authority over him. He's dead. He's, he's done. He's a roaring lion, but he's a toothless lion. This idea of isolation, though, comes from him, it comes from the father of lies. And whenever you see isolation, whenever you uh, experience isolation, temptation in your heart, in your life... It's from the enemy. Now, there's a difference between isolation and solitude, okay, right? Jesus went away to be with the Father. There's times you need to go away to be in his presence. But isolation says, ah, they don't love me. I'm just going to pull back. I'm not going to be vulnerable. I'm not going to allow myself to get crushed. I'm going to just save myself, save my sacrifice, and go just over here. And then complain about how everybody doesn't love me. I've been there. Man, we gotta fight that together. But you gotta fight that individually because isolation, once you get isolated, there's nobody around you to crush you. And the times, the moments, in the next five minutes, in the next five days, in the next five years, the rest of your life, those, those moments that you feel, those thoughts of isolation, you got to call them out and say, no, not today, Satan. Yeah, that's going to hurt when I go back there to the people that love me and, and I get crushed, but that's what I need because I'm a part of the mountain. I'm a part of the mosaic. I'm not going to stay over here like a grain of sand and be washed out to sea. Because he doesn't waste dirt, and he doesn't waste me, and he needs me as part of his mountain because the whole picture isn't complete unless I'm crushed into it, pointing to him together with all the other people that love me. That's the church. It's what Satan did. That's why he's so good at it. He said, I will ascend. I see your mountain, God. I see the beautiful creature you made me to be to worship you, but no, I'm going to isolate myself and I'm going to ascend to the heights. I'm going to scale the mountain myself. God talks about in Isaiah 14, he said, of Satan, of Lucifer, he said, for you said to yourself, I will ascend to heaven and set my throne above God's stars. I will preside on the mountain of the gods far away in the north. I will climb to the highest heavens and be like the most high. Instead, God says, you will be brought down to the place of the dead, down to the lowest depths. See, the moment you start saying I, 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 the moment pride starts rising up, which is every moment of every day, is the moment that you and I need to be crushed. pressed down, shaken together, running over. See, Jesus is asking for all of you, every single part of you to be crushed. He doesn't want just a part of you. He's asking for what he gave to you. Total, complete, grotesque and utter sacrifice. And it's bloody, and it hurts, but it's the most beautiful thing ever. And if we can get some pieces of dirt to all agree to be crushed together, can you imagine how high and impressive the mountain will become? Not for the mountain's sake, not for the church's sake, but to point to one name. See, you need to be involved in this church. If this is your home church, you need to be involved. And that's on you. That's gathering. We, we have this. I've been through it, man. We have this thing like, oh, man, home church is awesome. Like, I'm just going to stay home, watch a, watch a thing online from Elevation. I love Elevation. I love Steven Firk. Whoever. Plug a name in there. Guys, the, podcasts are awesome. O- online sermons are Awesome. I watch a lot of them, tons of them. But that's a supplement to the body that you're called to be a part of. I was gone last Sunday. That was a a time of solitude for my family and I. But if you're here and this is a priority for you, then be here. John said in Revelation, he said, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. You and I need that. We need to gather together on Sunday, the Lord's Day, and crush each other into the Spirit of God. And yes, we are an axe church, so your living room is important. It's up to you how to use your li- up to you how you decide to use your living room. How do you use the space in your house? Your marketplace where you work where you go to school, is important. That's a part of this church. That's a part of you. That's the dirt being crushed together in all these different places. But let's not forsake the gathering of ourselves together, whether it's here on Sunday, whether it's in your home that you're inviting people to, your own home. You know, the people on the front row, they don't have the responsibility to do everything. We're hopefully gonna lead in an example to do that. But the idea of apostleship is that fathers and mothers are also sons and daughters, but they're raising sons and daughters to become the next fathers and mothers, right? So as we grow, we pass the mantle. As we grow, the Holy Spirit will say to you, man, I need to invite those people to my dinner table. I need to go to lunch with those people. I need to use this space and time to be crushed to help the crushing process to be pressed down, shaken together, so that the Holy Spirit can run over this church. The Holy Spirit can flow over this church. Is that making sense? Am I making sense? Mount Everest has an estimated weight of 357 trillion pounds. Um, that's heavy. That's before you put snow and ice on top of it. That's the kind of weight, that's the kind of height that God desires his bride to be, his church to be, but it only happens when we're crushed. It only happens when we're pressed down, shaken together. Then the running over happens. I've isolated myself before. There's a season that Heather and I, we got very hurt by a church. And we thought, you know what? We're just gonna pull back. And I don't know if anybody cares about us anymore. And we're just gonna try something from our home, which is, don't, don't get me wrong, it's great. What you do in your home is great, but you need the gathering together. You need both. It's not this and that, or this or that, it's this and that. We have to recognize these lies that the enemy is throwing at us. We have to recognize when the spirit of isolation, the spirit of Jezebel, because what the spirit of Jezebel does is it isolates the prophet. And... We're entering the season where we're, we're becoming a prophetic culture, which simply means, as Paul said in Corinthians, to comfort, strengthen, and encourage. You can only comfort, strengthen, and encourage someone if you're to them, if you're with them, if you're being pressed down, shaken together. That's the only time you can actually do that. And the spirit of Jezebel, the spirit of isolation, this, the father of lies will try to separate you. Starts in your heart from the people that you need most because you need them. Jesus through them to crush you. Always, always, always. He doesn't waste dirt. Aren't you glad of that? You're not wasted. You'll, you'll face the lie that you're just a piece of dirt. You well, because I face it. You'll face the lie that you're not important. But man, you're you have an angle and a picture to that that needs to be plugged in that mosaic that only you can fulfill. Only you can fulfill it. I remember I heard a story, I can't remember, I think it was Jonathan Helzer that was telling this story. Um, who incidentally, he and his wife are the ones that wrote that song No Longer Slaves. I believe and he was telling the story of just his what his imagination goes to like every time a a baby is born and he's saying in the hospital room he can just imagine like the angels crowding around the hospital bed and waiting for this new image bearer of God to to be delivered into the world and when that girl or boy is born the angels would just gasp and go oh man we've never seen Jesus like that before that's a new that's a new that's a new one that adds to the mosaic i mean if we actually started to look at people and think about people like that it would change everything it would change our goal towards unity it would change the way we love our city it absolutely changes everything because it's the truth He's building you into his mountain, or at least he wants to. But it's up to you to decide every moment of every day whether you're going to isolate yourself or allow yourself to be completely and utterly crushed. He was crushed for our iniquities. He was bruised for our transgressions. Just think about that. He was completely crushed. He took the weight of all your guilt, the thing you're thinking about right now that you're ashamed of, your greatest sin, your, your, the thing that you're hiding right now. He took the weight of all of that and he took the crushing. He took the beating. He had his beard pulled out of his head. He had the, the cat of nine tails whip that they used, it was specifically designed, the Romans specifically designed it to just dig into your back and then pull out pieces of flesh. His body was literally torn apart for you. And if that doesn't mess you up, I don't know what will. I felt God tell me this morning and last night that there's some people that need to be crushed, actually all of us. But there's specifically some people that need salvation, that need to come back to him this morning, and to say, Jesus, I'm I'm not gonna be lukewarm anymore. I'm gonna give you everything because you gave everything for me. And I know God's stirring in people's hearts in this moment. I know he's working (laughs) as only he can do. He's speaking 10,000 different things to each and every heart and mind in this moment. You know what he's saying to you. You know what obedience looks like for you. He's asking you to take another step towards him. No matter where you are, in your, in your situation, maybe you just met him the other day. Maybe you don't know of this Jesus until just now. He was crushed for your iniquities. He took everything upon him. He that knew no sin, he's perfect. He didn't even know what sin was. He became your sin so that you could be the righteousness of God. You know what righteousness means? It's the right standing. It's so you can stand before the Father in white stand before the Father with no guilt no shame just the glory of Jesus because he took your sin for you but you have to choose it you have to accept it and the more and more that I walk this Christian journey the more and more I understand the writer when he said I'm working out my salvation because it's Yes, it's a one-time choice and you're sealed when you make that choice, but it's also not a one-time choice. It's an every day-by-day moment decision. Am I gonna step towards him or away from him? Because you can't stand still, he's moving. You either gotta follow him and step with him or you're gonna get lost in the dust, literally. One of the coolest things we did in Maui this last time was on the back side of that mountain is a road called the Road to Hana. If, if any of you have traveled it or heard of it, it's basically the Garden of Eden. That's the best way I could put it. It's, there's trees and flowers and plants and things that I'd never seen before that just will make your head spin. And, and, and you're just in awe and of the glory of the creator god. And on the first leg of the trip, there's a place called Twin Falls and we pulled over and we hiked to these falls. It's on the back side of that big mountain I was talking about. We had to crawl down some serious rocks to get in there. But I think we have a picture of it. And it doesn't this picture doesn't do it justice, but it's this fresh cold water coming down from the top of Mount Haleakala where God sends the rain on the top and it just trickles down to the bottom. And as I'm standing there watching my son and my daughter swim and jump off the rocks, there's all these local Hawaiians that probably, you know, it was a Saturday, they probably do this every Saturday, and they're just laughing, they're playing music, they're jumping off the rocks themselves, they're climbing up in these huge vines and jumping from 50 feet into this cool, refreshing stream. And I just looked at that and I went, oh man, that's a picture of Mosaic. That's a picture of the church, like all these different faces and angles of Jesus together in the fresh, water of God, the spirit of God that's coming down from the top of the mountain, to the bottom of the mountain. If we could get to that place. And I'm not saying we're not We're man, this is this is family, this church is family, like any other churches that I've ever experienced. And I think it's because we've allowed ourselves to be crushed together. But there's always more crushing. There's always more shaken together. There's always more pressed down so we can experience the overflow of God. And I laughed Friday when I was doing some research for this and finishing this message. Because I was looking up Mount Haleakala. I was trying to find that picture I told you about earlier. And this thing flashed up on, on the Google News Feed. And it said, it said this, February 7th, two days ago. The National Weather Service in Hawaii has issued this warning. A winter storm warning has been issued for the summits of Haleakala on Maui as a cold front moves in. A mix of rain, snow, and freezing rain is expected on the summit of Mount Haleakala. Forecasters expect the icy roadways that will make it dangerous to travel to the summit. Snow accumulations of up to six inches on the top of Haleakala. And i just smiled because of the picture that i just showed you because it has to snow at the top rain at the top on the mountain of god and then it trickles down to that refreshing pool that we can all be a part of if we're crushed together we get refreshed together and it reminded me of psalm 133 and, and that was it's very special to me and our team because It was one of the things that was spoken over us when this church was started, right before this church was started. It's all about unity. It says this, how good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. It's like the precious oil poured on the head, running down the beard, running down Aaron's beard, down the collar of his robe. And that's a picture of Aaron was the high priest. That's a picture of the spirit of God being poured out on the top of his head running down all the way to the hem of his robe. See, if you're in the body, if you're under the priesthood, you experience the blessing from the top to the bottom. That's significant. And then it says, it's as if the dew of Hermon, Mount Hermon, were falling on Mount Zion, for there the Lord bestows his blessings, even life forevermore. pressed down, shaken together, running over. Why don't you stand with me? Just close your eyes in this moment. Give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. It will be poured out into your lap you'll experience the refreshing streams of God. Because how you measure out, how you sacrifice, how you give will be how you experience. God, we just, we thank you for unity. We thank you for the crushing. We thank you for what you're doing in hearts and lives, even in this very moment. It starts with us. It ends with you. It starts with us. And it ends with you. I want you to just picture with your eyes closed, picture yourself in front of your bathroom mirror, like you're getting ready in the morning. I don't know about you, but I'll be honest with you, a lot of times I avoid looking into my own eyes in the mirror. I don't exactly know why, but I want you to just pretend with your eyes closed, pretend like you're looking into your own face, your own eyes. Do you see him? Do you see his eyes looking back at you? Those are his eyes. Those are your father's eyes. Now just smile real big. (laughs) Maybe laugh a little. Do you see do you hear him? Do you see his smile? that's your father's smile those are your father's eyes we have to embrace the weight of what we've been given we have to embrace it starts with us it ends with him we have to embrace the fact that we are carrying his spirit around that we're carrying his presence around that we look like our dad We're not perfect, but he is. And he's trying to shine through you. He's trying to smile through you to other people, to the rest of the mosaic. He's, he's trying to use your piercing eyes to look in the eyes of others and tell them they're forgiven. So just refresh yourself with that this morning. Be encouraged with, with that, that the fact that you look like Jesus You look like your father God. You were created with an angle to you, a dimension to you that only you have. And you have a specific part to play in this mosaic. And we need you to be a part of the mountain. He desires for you to be a part of the mountain. He wants nothing less than you to just fully be crushed into his mountain. But he won't force you. He won't force you. He's a good father. His Spirit's groaning and begging and pleading before the throne of God for you to be completely crushed. And right now, you know what that next step is. The Spirit of God is telling you right now in your heart. There's some things you need to release. There's some things that you've been carrying on for sway too long, some guilt and shame and fear and, and pride and lust and anger. If you know Jesus, if you've, if you've turned to him, he already paid for all that junk. He paid for all of that junk on the cross. And he wants it back. Got to give it back to him. Because it's getting in the way of you getting completely Crushed. So in this moment, I'm going to ask you to do something really brave. I'm just going to ask you, don't even think about it. Don't think from your head. Just think from your spirit. Just come on forward if you need to be crushed in some way, shape, or form. If you want to kneel at the altar, that's fine. If you want to just stand here, if you need prayer, there's people up here that can pray for you. Just come forward and get crushed. Press down, shaken together, Jesus. If you've never met Jesus for the first time, if you need to return to Jesus, Now's the time. Don't hesitate. Come on forward. It's really simple. He loves you so much. He was bruised and beaten and crushed for your iniquities, your sins. He took the weight of everything, everything. There's not anything too big that you've done, any mess up too big that you've done that he didn't actually take the punishment for. So in this moment, just, just do, do what you need to do. Turn to him. Say, Jesus, I receive you. I turn to you. You can have it all. You can have everything. I'm not holding back anything anymore. Just take it all, crush it all, stamp it out. I need you, Jesus. The rest of the church, I want you to come forward and lay hands on these people. Because you need to be crushed just as much as they do. Just put a hand on the back of their shoulder and pray for them out loud or silently. Let's have the mosaic, the mountain come together in this moment. We get crushed together. Someone else's burden is your burden. Someone else's crushing is your crushing. Jesus, Spirit of God, would you refresh, refresh, refresh this group of people right now? Would you refresh us? Would you blow in this place from the four winds, Jesus? Overwhelm us with your presence, Jesus. We receive your Spirit. We receive your Spirit. You are here. You are here. Let us fall more madly and deeply in love with you than ever before. Let us be a changed people that see the people, the mosaic, the mountain of God, the people that don't even know him yet, that we interact with. Let us be soft. Let us look unto them with the eyes of Jesus, the heart of Jesus. Let love win the day. God, we pray for unity. unity it's as precious as the oil that you're pouring out right now your spirit is being poured out right now from the top to the bottom Woo! come on he's here he's marking you right now this is a marking moment he's here it's okay let it out if you need to just let it out Let it give it all back to him. Don't hold anything back. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Your name is so powerful. That's your name. Demons tremble. They've got to go. Strongholds are broken. Things that we didn't even know that needed healing are being brought low right now. They're being fused together. God, just pour out your blessing. Pour out your favor. Pour out your spirit. Fuse those things together. Relationships memories things in the past you're healing them right now we declare that in jesus name that you're healing old wounds you're healing old memories we're not going to identify with those things anymore that hurt us in the past we're going to identify with your healing with your refreshing We jump fully into the pool at the bottom of the mountain. We allow ourselves to get crushed because you are overflowing us. We say we are the pressed down. We are the shaken together because we are experiencing the running over of Jesus Christ, the running over of the Spirit of God right now.